And hello, everybody. It's Trish Carr with Women's Prosperity Network once again for our weekly sister to sister conversation with one of my favorite people, one of my women that I call my sister. And the conversation is always around what it's like to experience racism at whatever level or in your life. So I always invite one of my sisters of color. And uh, this week, I'm really thrilled to have with me Stacy Clark, the maximizer, because so many of you know Stacy. She's been in my life for a very long time. I'm thinking we might even be in double digits. You know, it might be 10, Maybe. Years, 10 years or so. And uh, she lives in a beautiful place. So you know, she's from, she lives in uh, Westchester County, New York, which when you live in the city, that's considered upstate, even though it's just Westchester. Uh, but exactly. Peak Skill, which is so beautiful, Stacy, where you are. Like, Thank you. It is. It is. And this time of year, well, we just passed the most gorgeous time of the year, which is the fall, the, the, the uh, leaves changing color and just, oh, just a beautiful time. Yeah, here. And if I ever moved to Florida, I would really miss that. Well, and we don't have any mountains, so that's the nice thing. And you also are right there on the river looking overlooking the Palisades. It's one of the most beautiful places. And people don't think of New York as beautiful places, but it is a beautiful place. Absolutely. Absolutely. And she's um, someone, like I said, I've known for a long time. She is, they call her the maximizer because she maximizes connections. She maximizes your business. She's a business advisor. And really the difference between a business advisor and a business coach, although she coaches as well, a business advisor tells you this works, it's a proven system, do this, as opposed to a coach who helps you uncover things on your own. So you have the perfect marriage of being able to tell people what works as well as helping them to come to some of the ideas and uh, situations on their own. So that's really good. And she's Absolutely. an entrepreneur for a long time. And you know, um, I love what you're doing now with your merch. She's got- Well, merch. actually, yeah. So if I can tell you a little bit about that, the merch is really in a way putting the cart before the horse, but in actuality, it's a new brand. And one of the things that I decided as I was just moving along was, well, I want to get the word out and start talking to people and hearing how it resonates with folks. And one of the ways I thought to do it was just to put the merch out before I even really um, have fully uh, introduced the brand itself in terms of all the other things it's going to do. So what you're talking about is called Seasoned and Marinated. And that's what I often say about myself, that I'm uh, not as young and hot as I look. <laughs> and in fact, I'm seasoned and marinated and I've been here a while. And then what I realized was uh, in the very business you were talking about before, the women that I work with are seasoned and marinated entrepreneurs, usually women, sometimes men. But these are folks who've been here a while. They had success in whatever it is they do. They're, perhaps they're having success now. However, and, and by the way, these are also women who are called and compelled to do what it is they do. They have no other choice because they know this is what they're supposed to be doing. But like many entrepreneurs, they find themselves spinning their wheels. They find themselves overwhelmed. They just know they're not reaching the levels that they're supposed to reach. Or if they are, it's burning them out. So these seasoning and marinated women are women that I work with. And it made me realize that there's a lot of us out there, yeah. you know? And so that's what this brand is about. As I said, I started with the merch. Um, there's going to be other things. There's going to be a, a club. 
in terms of women coming together and supporting each other. There's going to be, who knows, there may be an online magazine. There may be an entire lifestyle uh, website and platform. And that's what we're working on now, figuring out those details. But for now, you can go to seasonedandmarinated.com and just pick up some of the merch, a t-shirt, a, a cup, an apron, things that, uh, and, and by the way, the other piece of that is I'm going to be curating items that people who are seasoned and marinated would like to have. Things that make our lives a little bit easier, maybe bring a little luxury into our lives or just a little more convenience for those things that we need a little different now that we are seasoned and marinated. So thanks for asking it. about that. <laughs> I love the t-shirt that says seasoned and marinated, but not done yet. That's who we are. Right? We are not that. done yet. I love that. So check it out. Definitely check it out. And Stacey's on a mission, as you can tell, to make a difference for especially women entrepreneurs. She's clearly an entrepreneur herself <laughs> in that here she goes again. Here she goes again, creating another business. And, you know, um, it, um, so where do you want? Seasonandmarinated.com, right? .com. That's okay, it. Cool. Definitely want to do that. She's also a mom. She's got, uh, I love how you said it. You got two daughters and you have two bonus children, right? Right, right. Love so there's that. three girls and one boy all together. And yes, yeah, so, so uh, yeah, two uh, that I birthed and two bonus children. And I said to you uh, earlier, I actually wish I had more. <laughs> As yeah. I get older, I said to you, now, you know, I don't mind saying this, you know, some days, and, and then honestly, I'm, I'm pretty close with them. Um, and it's different now, obviously, than when we, they were growing up. But some days you're mad at one and you're glad you got another. So some days I figure I need some more to have around because some days, you know, you know, the, all the mothers out there know what I mean. But it, it's awesome watching them uh, grow up and, and develop into the people that they are becoming and have become. Um, but then the other side of motherhood is some days I, I have days where I feel like, you know, when, you're ki when your kids were young, you had the authority to stop them, protect them, hold their hands yeah. when you're crossing the proverbial street, right? Yeah. But now some days as a mom, it feels like you're watching your kids walk in traffic and you can't pull them back because they, they're on their own, right? So yeah. that, that's the challenge of being yeah, a mom. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's one of the challenges I hear over and over again on this show because on this show, we focus on just sharing experiences of what it's like to be a person of color now. And um, I remember my very first show was with Leslie Warren, who lives in Tallahassee. And she says, my son is a beautiful black man who lives in a, a white neighborhood. And he called me on the phone and said, mom, I'm going to take up jogging and I'm going to start running in my neighborhood, right? So you're rolling your eyes. That's exactly I, what I was I know that. I know, I know exactly what she felt and why she told you that. It, yeah. it, please do finish, but I, I, I feel it. I no, that's feel it, it, that she was like, and she said the fear of God went through her. And I was like, you know, all mothers can relate to that level like you're talking about. You can protect your children when they're younger, even then though, uh, but when they're out on their own, you know, you worry more and imagine, see, for me, I'm a white woman. Imagine, I can't imagine what that next level of fear is like, because that's not something I would experience. Right. right? right. If I had a kid who said they were going to run in their neighborhood. I go, good for you, Johnny. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So, so if I may, if I can just jump in here, because yeah, you've already brought up a number of things. So one of the things I want to say is it, just to check you on something that you said. 
you said what it's like to be a woman of, a co of color now. So I just want to say to you that that also is a perception. The perception is that something's different now. Nothing is different now except for awareness. This is the same stuff that's been going on all along. This is the same stuff that people have been blind to, oblivious to, or have chosen to ignore. That has been going on all along. So I just want to say that because it's not a now thing. It's just a now that we see it thing. Yeah, you're right. Thanks for checking me on that. I, was, I appreciate being schooled, my sister. Always. Absolutely. So here's what I'd love to do, because I know what we are here to talk about. I want to share something from my own perspective, which is that, as you can see, although I am a woman of color, um, I'm actually mixed race uh, as, as, as it's defined. Um, my mother is a Jewish woman of white skin. Um, who lives actually right there near you in Florida, which is how I came to be amongst all the wonderful people that I, I know and love, clients and friends in that area. Um, but she is a woman of color. My father, who's no longer living, was a man of uh, African-American descent and Native American descent. So I am a woman of color, um, but I just don't, I'm not the same shade as all women of color because of course no one, uh, not everyone is. We, we come in all shades and colors. I love one of your guests recently you had on, uh, Audrey uh, talked about, uh, I, I think she called it uh, black, brown, tan, and white, beige. beige. Black, yeah, brown, yeah. beige. black, brown, beige, and white. And I love that because yes, those, that's a, a representative of all the many shades that we come in. But I wanna say that our experiences are different often um, because of the shades that we present in, right? So when I was growing up um, and growing up, I lived with my mom some and some I didn't because there were challenges. Part of, part of that, the challenges back then did have to do with the fact that it was a, uh, I was a, we were a mixed family. But, um, but when we were growing up, when I was living with my mom, to be quite honest with you, I didn't experience, at least I wasn't aware of a lot of racism directly towards me, except for some things that did happen with my mom. And I'm going to, I'm going to share that, but I want to just address it, just address this for a moment. So I didn't necessarily experience it the way that some folks did when they were growing up. So it is a part of what I did or didn't experience certainly helped to form who I am. So I know that when I walked into a room, um, not because my mother was white, but because my mother did raise me in a way that made me feel good and comfortable with who I was, made me feel important and special. And because she looked the way she looked, if I walked in a room with anyone, no matter what they looked like, if they sent daggers my way, often they went right over my head because I knew who and what I was and how I felt about myself and how I was treated in general. So I didn't think that anything that was coming towards me that was supposed to be ill will, I didn't receive it. I didn't accept it. And I say that because a lot of times what happens is a very bad cycle that we find ourselves in. When you are in situations where you are be, being treated in a certain way and it makes you feel bad, the next time you show up, sometimes you show up. Out of and you have some fear and you have some concern and you're already expecting people to treat you a certain way. And I happen to believe that sometimes that is part of, well, not sometimes, but often, that is actually the cycle that creates a lot of the misconceptions about who we are and what we bring to the table. Because if I show up expecting you to treat me a certain way, then maybe I'm not treating you in a way that allows you to feel as comfortable 
with me either. Does that make sense, Trish? Absolutely. It's self-fulfilling prophecy. You live into the expectations that people have put upon you. It's true no matter where you are. So yeah, I, I absolutely hear you. Yeah. And so, and by no means am I saying that that means that people uh, deserve or cause themselves to be treated a certain way. I'm just pointing out that this is a a fact and there's a lot of facts that sometimes we don't mention or sometimes we don't talk about, but I think we need to look at the whole picture. So for me, um, one of the things that happened when I began to see and understand and really feel racism more so as it was later on in life after I had children and my children are as uh, Audrey calls it, they are beige and they are brown and my husband also is brown. Um, And so it made me more aware because I began to from afar be able to see how other people were looking at or treating the people who I loved. So that made me more aware. Um, And what it did remind me of uh, is something that did happen when I was young. So my mom, when she would take us to go see our grandparents who lived in uh, on Theriot Avenue uh, in, uh, in Park Chester in the Bronx, if anyone knows the area, um, she used to take us to go visit them occasionally, not often, but occasionally. And in fact, what would happen is if there were neighbors or anyone around, she would simply tell them that she was babysitting us. She could not, out of respect for my grandparents who would be ashamed and embarrassed for her neighbors to know that their grandkids were black or had black in them, uh, she would lie and say that we weren't her children. She was babysitting us. Wow. Wow. Yeah. How, you know, think about when you hear that, you know, you could, there's lots of reactions you could have to that, but I'm like, wow, your poor mother, your poor yeah, mother. Well, Right, that she couldn't even say that these are these are my children, and and that was just the times we were in. I was born in the uh, in the sixties, so this was you know the later sixties and the early seventies, and this was just the way that it was. And to be honest with you, even though times changed, my my neither of my grandparents are living anymore. But I will say that my grandfather just was never in a place where he could have really wrapped his arms around a full acceptance. Uh, it certainly, and even if he did with us and privately, he was okay with us. Um, but in terms of other people's perception, and I still have some family members who they've warmed up to us and we have some relationship with them. But you know, we're not the first ones on the list when they're having invitations. Although I have been invited to some weddings and I was a little surprised that they did allow and I'm glad that you know that has evolved. But you know, it just it, it's just it's difficult. So I'm saying all that to say that sometimes it's difficult also for the other people who want to embrace you because they are afraid of what how others will treat them. If that, if that makes sense. Absolutely. So how was it for you as a kid? Like, did you know you weren't supposed to say anything when you were at your grandparents' house and you ran into neighbors? Yes, I did. And again, it wasn't that often, right. but I do remember. And as I said, you know, I grew up feeling like I had not been prejudiced, uh, been treated with prejudice, but that in fact is being treated with prejudice. Right. So as I said, I reflected more on that after I had children of different colors, you know, black children and, and married uh, my husband who is, is black. And as I said, that made me more aware of what had occurred to me when I was younger, but it didn't, it didn't affect me then the same way it, those things affect me now. And as, as I saw them uh, affecting my children and, um, and, you know, something else I want to just mention here, which is another area of understanding that we all not only have 
our own perspective, but we have many perspectives because of the different people in our lives. So my husband um, is in law enforcement and that is an entirely different perspective. Um, we have a lot of discussions and I'm just gonna use the word discussions in our home because we, we, we again, have our own perspectives. But you know, one of the things I wanna share is that one of the things that I do know is that it's very difficult. I, I've often talked about something I called a shared perspective. Like it's our own responsibility, no matter what we're talking about to do what I say. I say, you know, you have to lean to the left and lean to the right. And you really have to try to borrow perspective and see what others are saying or seeing and where they're coming from before you, you, you make uh, judgment, you, you, you place judgment on folks. So I wanna say that, um, I just wanna share this, that every person who takes an oath to work in many um, professions, but certainly law enforcement, one of the things that they do is they agree to put their own lives on the line to protect others. And I know that to be true because of my relationship and not just my relationship, but also my, my family. So I grew up, as I said, with my mom, some and sometimes not so much. And I was raised in foster care. And the family that I finally settled in with was a family of uh, correction officers. So they also did the same thing. They went out in order to do their job and to protect. Even the people in the prisons have to be protected. Um, and they did that and they, they, they did it at a risk to themselves and their family. So I just wanna share that perspective while we're talking about all of this because it matters and we're not all the same and we don't all see things the same way and we don't love one thing or one type of people and hate the other. So I just wanna share that because there is there, there's a, there are many perspectives that we should try to lean into to understand what's going on around us. Yeah, absolutely. You and I talked about this uh, a couple of weeks ago too. You know, my, my husband says, I always find a way to get Bruce Springsteen into every conversation. <laughs> and I was telling you that uh, there's a Bruce Springsteen song called 41 Shots. And it's about a situation where Ahmad uh, Amadulo was killed by police. He was pulling his wallet out of his uh, pants and they thought it was a gun and he was right. literally shot 41 times but he writes the song from two perspectives you know I love how you said lean to the left lean to the right because there are different perspectives and the other perspective the name of the song is American skin and yeah. it's about you get killed just for living in your American skin and one perspective is the man who was shot the other perspective is the man who's wearing a blue uniform and that's his American skin. And every day he goes out, look, my dad was a fireman and I always, you know, I had lots of friends whose parents were cops and firemen. And the one difference was even though my dad would go out and there could be a fire that could kill him more, more often than not, it wasn't. Whereas a cop, like every single time there could be someone out there who doesn't like cops. So I appreciate that perspective. And it must be challenging for your husband to be in law enforcement and to kind of, there's gotta be a line he's straddling, right? Oh, absolutely, uh, absolutely. Um, you know, and, and this is very true. And I think that what's the most important thing, what the most important thing is, is that we all stand. I love what you told me about that song. I didn't know the song, but I'm going to look it up. I want to hear it. And I love what that says. 
our American skin. Well, our American skin, because we're Americans, we wear that with a lot of pride. But what, that, what does that really mean? As Americans, not just from the perspective of a cop, but not just from the perspective of a black man or a white man, but just who are we as individuals and what is the skin that we're wearing? And as long as we're aware that this is our skin, that we need to respect everyone else's, that we all have a right to our place, to our position, to who we are, and to live in peace and harmony and not be so willing to hurt or attack others for who they are. Because we really, I mean, there are things about ourselves we can change, but a lot of that skin, we can't peel off. It is who we are, but we need to learn to, again, I just go back to my leaning in and looking at other folks' perspective. Um, you know, and this is something not related, to, well, actually it is related to race. So there's someone very, very popular that many of us have heard of. She blew up during the pandemic. Um, her name is Tabitha Brown. I don't know if you've heard of uh, Tabitha Brown. She's like myself. Well, she's a vegan. I'm vegan-ish. I still vegan eat a few. Yeah, I'm vegan-ish. I still do dairy and some cheese every now and then. But anyway, but she is wonderful. I love her. I love her family. I love all the things that she's doing. And I'm so happy for her. She had a video the other day and she was talking about, she just moved into a new location, not far from where she lived in LA. Um, but there were some instances where there was uh, two separate neighbors who were... Um, not so very nice to her or her husband, actually pretty pretty rude in one case and, and, and a little nasty in the other. And it's interesting because I totally get the story she was telling. I understood how they felt. I'm sh sure that they were right in understanding that there was in fact um, some, some issues with race and other things in terms of what the neighbors perhaps didn't understand about who they were because her husband also is in law enforcement by the way and it was oh. funny because she said you know this woman is not being very nice you won't even speak to you but does she even know what you do for a living and and, and what you're out here you know what you can do for her as a neighbor and, and so they told the story and I totally got the story but you know again sometimes no matter who we are we don't always see the other person's perspective because in her part of the story she was talking about her her and a, two other people, part of a film crew, were filming her. And they were near the neighbor's uh, car and house. And the neighbor was not very nice and came out and moved his car. And, you know, I got a whole nother perspective from it. I said, because she said he was maybe in his 60s or 70s. And I commented on the post and said, hey, love you, respect you, get what you're saying. However, I'd like to share another perspective that not everyone is comfortable with camera culture. And here they were filming. He may or may not know who she is, someone with a lot of visibility, right? Um, filming, it sounds like right in front of his house, certainly on the cul-de-sac where they live, and he, had, he moved his car. So I commented that, well, perhaps some of his frustration was more about privacy and the fact that you were bringing visibility right to his own doorstep. And I'm, again, sharing this story because, again, sometimes when we, we, we have so much tunnel vision, we see what we see, we feel what we feel, and sometimes we don't realize that there may be something else at play. And if we could all just stop as often as we can in these situations and say to ourselves, well, it could be this, but what else could it be? How may I, might I make someone else feel more comfortable so they too can feel comfortable with me? Absolutely. And that's the whole point of these discussions that we have is to get perspective from outside of our own skin and outside yes. of our own socialization. Yes. 
you know, we all come from different backgrounds. One of my favorite books, as you probably know, is The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. And the first, the second agreement is don't take anything personally. Yes. Because we all come from different perspectives. And Stacy, I so appreciate that you can see that. And thank you so much for sharing it. You know, and even if somebody does get upset and you don't know why, respect the fact that they got upset over something you said or did and just don't do it anymore. A good example of that was uh, a few weeks ago, I had on Charity Smith, who is an amazing woman and she lives in Texas and she shared a story. Um, So she's a black woman. She was going to a networking event. And when she got there, there was all kinds of noise happening. I don't exactly remember the background of it, but the bottom line is, Another woman came up to her, a white woman, and said, how you doing, gal? And Charity took that as a dig, if you will, because I didn't know that gal is one of those words that goes pretty deep with Black women, because it's a throwback to slavery. You're a house gal. And from my perspective, I was like, she was just saying, hello, I don't, you know, it's like, I don't, I didn't get it. But here's the thing, I don't have to get it. She didn't like it. Stop doing it. Right. You don't have to agree, right? You don't have to agree that Confederate flags are, are in the face of the people who were suppressed because of them. You just have to understand that it's something they don't like, don't do it, period. And care enough about how others feel to respect their feelings, you know? And and so, and that's, that was a great example of how sometimes people don't intend to be offensive and, you know, and, and listen, we can go back and forth with that entire uh, situation. So we also, or, or anyone who finds themselves offended, again, give someone else the opportunity to clarify, to, to explain themselves. So let's have enough willingness to want to work through situations to not judge even someone else's intention and communicate with them. Hi, how are you? My name is, and I don't remember her name, my name is Stacy, and I'd rather you not call me that. That makes me feel uncomfortable. Right, right. That's you know? the exact other side of it is to have the understanding and the compassion for the person who made the mistake and perhaps seeing it from the left or the right to get a different perspective. Stacy Clark, Absolutely. you are so wise. You Thank are so you. wise. Thank you so much for spending time with me today and for sharing your perspective. I really appreciate you. Um, one of the things I always like to consider is what actions can people take? And I wanted to ask you, what do you want to leave us with today? Do you have any suggestions for us today? So what do you think? Sure. Well, of course, I've already given, I think, a huge one in terms of that borrowing perspective, right? Yes, that is That is definitely the key. In addition to that, the thing that I just said is really to learn to communicate, you know, to, to stay grounded in what you believe and even how you feel. And even the feel thing, honestly, I'm a very emotional person and I feel a lot of things, but I've come to learn in being seasoned and marinated. I've I've gotten some wisdom even around feelings. So you're right, people should respect other people's feelings, but at the same time, we should be introspective and also understand that 
how something makes us feel sometimes is tied into some of our own experiences. So we don't need to necessarily judge others or their intention. Listen, I've been married for 24 years, right? <laughs> so right. one of the things that I've learned in being married for so long is that just because someone did something that made me feel a certain way, it doesn't mean that that's what they intended. So I have to check in with that. I have to check in with my feelings and just make sure that I am not just allowing that to, you know, there's a scripture that I love that says, you know, we are not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, which means that everything that comes our way should knock, knock us off our ground, that we should stay grounded in who we are, what we believe, what we stand for, and everything that comes our way, even as I said, when I was younger, even if it's intended to hurt you, doesn't mean that that is how you have to accept or receive it. So. Yes. I hope that's uh, helpful information and I am honored and uh, really pleased that you invited me to be here. And I hope that this has uh, provided value for uh, those who are listening. Absolutely. Stacy, the maximizer, you rock. Thank you so you much rock. for the perspective. <laughs> Make sure you go to seasonandmarinated.com and you can also find Stacy, the maximizer on Facebook. And thank you all for watching today. I really appreciate you. I'd love to hear your comments. So please give us some please. comments in the chat. And uh, thank you all so much for being with us. We'll be back again next week on Tuesday for another episode of Sister to Sister. Thank you.